Hello and welcome to the Brain Break Room. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Taylor, and today we have a very special episode. It is the 2021 Science Wrap-Up. So today I'm going to try to capture the top science discoveries, news stories from the past year. Now, I have looked at a lot of articles and I came up with approximately seven themes that we should talk about today. So they are as follows, from the past, from the future, getting to know ourselves, climate change is still bad, how make climate change less bad, how make still bad pandemic less bad, and finally, out of this world. So that is what we're going to go through, the top stories. If you're not super interested in the science of our ancient past, then maybe scoot, scoot right along to the very exciting discoveries that feel like we're in the future. Choose your own adventure, but hopefully by the end, you should have a pretty good idea of what has happened this year from big picture. What are people excited about? What big discoveries were made? So let's get into it from the past. So types of evidence that scientists use to better understand the past include, but are not limited to, and this is just talking about this year's big stories, dino fossils, shark teeth, footprints, a special skull, DNA from soil, DNA from horses, more skulls, and finally, a special rock created by lightning. In a big breakthrough, researchers were able to get usable DNA from soil instead of relying on fossilized bones to ask and answer many questions about the past. With a bit of luck, researchers determined that people were in the Americas earlier than previously thought, based on footprints in New Mexico. Possibly discovered evidence of a new human species with a little thing called the dragon skull. And finally, guessed that the Tyrannosaurus dinos were social based on fossils from multiple dinos being found together. In some more studies, they found that horses are likely from Western Eurasia about 4,200 years ago. They figured out there was a huge drop-off in the number of sharks about 19 million years ago by looking at deep sea sediment. And finally, hypothesized that lightning could have been important to life beginning on Earth based on lightning rocks. That's right, I said lightning rocks. That's my own name for them. There'll be another name. I'll dive in a little bit to that last study because I think it's so stinking cool. And I also had no idea that lightning made rocks. So let's talk about it. So in order for there to be life on Earth, we need certain building blocks. And scientists thought that those building blocks came from meteorites and maybe just a little bit from billions of lightning strikes. But a new study of a rock created by lightning hitting the Earth called Fulgurite showed that... That's right. I I did more wavy arm motions when I said Fulgurite. (laughs) Just thought you needed to know. Studying this Fulgurite, scientists showed that there might have been more of those necessary building materials created by lightning than originally thought. 
So the specific life building material we're talking about is phosphorus, which is necessary for the creation of DNA and also cell membranes. And the phosphorus in the lightning rock was also delivered in extra special packaging that could dissolve in water, which is important for the origins of life and the not biopond theory. Biopond is a thing on Penn's campus, but there's a theory that basically that life came from land soup, which is to say water with a bunch of stuff like phosphorus and other things in it all together. And so the fact that this phosphorus in the fulgurite slash lightning rock could dissolve in water means that it could still fit with this theory. So all of this together calls into question the exact timing of life origins on Earth because we aren't looking for just giant craters from meteorites crashing into the planet to get life-building materials, the answer might also lie in fulgurite. Ooh. See, wasn't that more fun than you thought it was? That's the blast from the past from science this year. Now we'll talk about the future. So this category has subcategories, so bear with me. Scientists are using amazing technologies to help improve medical treatment, Some ways I never imagined were possible. For example, they designed a Band-Aid, which they call Smart Bandage because Band-Aid is a brand. So they designed a Smart Bandage, which is basically Band-Aid, but it has nanofibers in it that can detect infection. And more specifically, it can sense hydrogen peroxide, which is created by the body under certain types of stress, and in this case, infection is causing oxidative stress, which is characterized by hydrogen peroxide on the surface. So then this Band-Aid, sorry Band-Aid, this smart bandage can then not only detect whether there's hydrogen peroxide there or not, so whether or not you have an infection, but it can relay it to your phone or to your doctor. So this could help with care of patients that might have trouble accessing medical care directly. Another use of these tiny nanofibers was to repair spinal cord injuries. So this is a different set of researchers, a different study, but they still use nanofibers, teeny tiny nanofibers. So far, researchers have shown in mice that it's possible to inject these teeny nanofibers and allow paralyzed mice to regain movement. I'm still, I'm still shocked by this. Also, A biomaterial was made that can repair hearts, muscles, and vocal cords. Also, also, the gene modification tool CRISPR was used in living patients to alleviate symptoms from genetic diseases, one to do with a toxic liver protein, and the other um, was inherited blindness. So there has been so much talk about the ethics of hypothetically gene editing in humans. And while those talks are still going on, gene editing in humans is happening now. The next subcategory from from the future is what I like to call innovative computing. So first in innovative computing is the identification of a new phase of matter called a time crystal. This sounds like something out of the Marvel Universe, but it's actually a fun term for an observed phenomenon in the quantum physics realm. So this is a quote from the Science News article about this discovery. So just as a crystal structure repeats in space, 
A time crystal repeats in time and importantly does so infinitely and without further input of energy, like a clock that runs forever without any batteries, end quote. So essentially, it is a particle going between all of its possible energy states without any external input of energy. So it is a stable, unstable way of being for that particle. And apparently, this time crystal is exactly the type of discovery that will make the quantum computer possible. Another discovery in this realm is that scientists have found a way to put the annoying hum of fluorescent light to work in the new form of the computer. So finally, this this last subcategory of from the future is called holy moly sorry what, because that's how I felt about all of these. So a camera that's been developed that allows you to see around corners and through barriers like fog and skin. That's right. Skin. Also, scientists made the tiniest flying thing to date. It's just a little microchip with wings, which very much feels like a spy movie gimmick come to life. And in Alaska, botanists have started to use a ray gun to record how much light bounces off plant leaves to identify the species, replacing DNA testing. And there were many other holy molies, but unless this episode is going to go on for hours, I am going to scoot along to the next section which is one of my personal favorites, getting to know ourselves. First, I'm going to talk about brains. Surprising no one. So resulting from five years of work supported by the Brain Initiative, reported in 17 studies, neuroscientists were able to comprehensively identify all 119 cell types in the primary motor cortex. This list is the very first of its kind for the human brain. Um, Just to give you a little background, if you don't know, the primary motor cortex is what fires to initiate any movement in your body with the exception like asterisks, asterisks, (laughs) the exception of movement that leaves out the brain entirely, which are just reflexes. We might talk about those in a future episode because it's kind of cool. Identifying all, all of the cell types in this region opens up countless areas for future discovery. In other cell type discovery, a cell type that links visual input, so what you see, to memory has been discovered for faces. So this is a link that was hypothesized that we think it happens, that you have a group of cells that kind of shortcuts the facial processing in order to make it so familiar faces like your grandma's or Jennifer Aniston's gets from what you're looking at, the face you're looking at, to the concept memory of grandma or of Jennifer Aniston much quicker. And so this discovery suggests that, yes, indeed, the hypothesis is correct. We might be able to disentangle exactly how that happens, which is really neat. Scientists also found that the brain processes negative smells faster than positive smells. They were also able to directly connect bad smells with movement away from the smell source. So within 300 milliseconds, so in less than half of a second, 
your nose is sending an ooh signal to your brain, which is already sending signals to help you get away from it. So in less than half a second, you are moving away from this bad smell, potentially before you can even really fully register like, ooh, that's a bad smell. I wonder what it could be. Your brain is already helping you move away from it. So protecting you. Very cool. Okay. So now we're going to go on to a less brainy getting to know ourselves section, but still kind of brainy because neuroscience is everything. Okay. So this next study is actually wild. Scientists found good evidence for stress graying your hair. So stress doesn't change your existing hair color, just the little baby hairs that are still subject to the hormone and chemical influences at the scalp. Now, they also found that graying can be reversed. One participant in this study went on vacation and five of their little hairs that had gone gray had been filled back in with pigment. Once they got away from the office, they were able to send pigment back into those little baby hairs and it ungrayed itself. And finally, there was a lot, a lot of work on gut bacteria. I'll probably have to do a full episode on this later on because it's such a huge exploding field and I cannot cover it all in our wrap up. But just know that's something a lot of people were doing research on this year. Alzheimer's disease was also something that people were doing a lot of research on this year. Okay, on to the next category. Climate change is still scary bad. So there are many, many ways that things are not looking good. Climate change has been linked to more wildfires, more floods, more extreme heat, more intense storms, less oxygen in lakes, the largest harmful algal bloom, and more glacial melting. There's also some less expected climate change consequences, like giant kelp losing its nutritional value rainforest bird bodies in the Amazon changing, and the nectar that bees rely on changing in composition. So that's the climate change is still bad section. The how make less bad section is unfortunately much shorter, but does have some really interesting discoveries. So In news related to cleaner energy, a method for carbon-neutral fuel has been developed. So microbe has been modified to take carbon dioxide, light, and electricity from solar panels and turn it into fuel. Also, a study has shown that you can use passive solar energy to heat your house, even in cold and cloudy climates. There's enough light coming in through the windows and skylights, if you consider this in design, to provide a third of your heating. And get this, light is able to be used for heat and stored without being converted to electricity. So that's what makes this different than solar energy. So you're not storing as electricity, you're storing as heat. Very cool. In the Operation Cleanup news, a bacteria called Geobacter cleans up radioactive waste in part by soaking it up like a sponge. So we've known that this bacteria can clean up radioactive waste, but we didn't know exactly how. And this was a new mechanism that was discovered this year. In the potential climate helper section, we have, of course, plants. 
scientists found that genetic modification in just one gene, that's right, one gene out of thousands, has shown to be able to increase, one, carbon capture, big win, two, yield, love to see it, and three, climate resilience in crops. So really, just about everything you want to see, the three major categories that you want to see improve, this modification in one gene helps with that. Another climate helper is coral. Coral reefs are important sources of biodiversity, but a study this year estimated that in the U.S. alone, they prevent 5.3 billion, with a B, $5.3 billion in potential flood damage from coastal storms. And speaking of biodiversity, underwater gardens can help. So scientists found that planting multiple types of coral together helps with the survival of them all. So if we want to increase the number of coral reefs in the ocean, which I feel like we do, um, we now know what might help um, in that process, which is great. The third, well, this is like a twofer, but we'll call it the third climate helper, kelp. So underwater ecosystems have forests of kelp with algae and other vegetation on the forest floor. And researchers found that giant kelp in particular, which forms a canopy underwater, they called it the sequoia of the sea, which is very lovely. So these giant kelp are important for the health and survival of that underground underwater forest as a whole. And scientists also found out that sea otters are imperative to keeping kelp forests alive because they eat sea urchins. And sea urchins are apparently these little kelp eaters. So it's very helpful to have sea otters around. And I just make a note here, thank a giant kelp and a sea otter today. Your neighborhood giant kelp. If any of you live live nearby a kelp forest, just go out there, shake its hand, leaf, fronds. But don't get near the sea otters. They're they are wild. They look cute, but stay away. Okay. The next category is how make still scary bad pandemic less bad. So in treatment discoveries, antiviral pills were developed to suppress COVID-19 symptoms. Estimates say that they can lessen disease severity and may be able to prevent anywhere from 30% to 89% of hospitalizations. Holy cow, that would be fabulous. In the detection and prevention category, scientists discovered an antibody that reacts to COVID-19, SARS, and less severe coronaviruses like your common cold. This is a step towards having a more broadly acting vaccine that could protect us from not only COVID-19, but also the common cold. It'd be fabulous. No more running noses in the winter? Come on. And finally, a pandemic that is not talked as much about these days, but is still very important and has been devastating to national and global health is HIV. So a vaccine using mRNA technology that was used in COVID-19 vaccines has been developed for HIV and shown to be effective in mice and non-human primates. So that is promising in HIV prevention world. And finally, the last section, we're going to go 
out of this world, which means space. So there's been a lot of Mars action this year. NASA's Mars helicopter buzzed around the planet. Building blocks for life were found in samples collected from Mars. Essentially, if you add water to Martian rocks, you could have microbes, potentially. And finally, readings of the many layers of Mars, the planet, right? So planet layers. I don't know why I started thinking about cake, parfaits, onions, like Shrek in my childhood really had a profound effect on me. Okay, so the reading of the layers of the planet crust, mantle, and core were received. So we know how big the core of Mars is and likely some other measurements in case you're interested in what Mars is like. Outside of Mars and in other big space exploration news, NASA spacecraft hung out in the outer reaches of the sun's atmosphere for five whole hours. Now, why is this so impressive? This is impressive because it means it sat in a sauna of a million degrees Celsius, which is 1.8 million degrees Fahrenheit or higher for five hours. Pretty, pretty dang impressive. And in the final category within out of this world science, I like to call Something is out there. Spooky. Okay, and we're going to start with something I didn't even know to worry about, which is space storms. Okay, so this is a quote from the National Science Foundation website. Quote, the last major space weather event struck Earth 1859. Smaller but still significant space weather events occur regularly. They fry electronics and power grids, disrupt global positioning systems, cause shifts in the range of the aurora borealis, and raise the risk of radiation to astronauts or passengers on planes crossing over the poles. End quote. And so the good news is that there are teams of scientists working now to monitor and model these space weather events. So we can hopefully have some warning and avoid their effects in the future. Okay, next, and something is out there. A radio wave is coming from somewhere in the center of the Milky Way and is switching on and off in a way that astronomers have not seen before. Before you get too too excited. Remember that radio waves are on the electromagnetic spectrum along with x-rays, visible light, and microwaves. So along this spectrum, radio waves have the slowest frequency, and we go through microwaves, infrared waves, and then finally we get to light that is visible to us. So this mysterious space form that we're getting these radio waves from has been labeled a long series of numbers following a J, which I am not going to read, but just know that it's... Maybe I will read it. Okay. This mysterious space form has been labeled J173608.2-32. And finally, a new planet... There's some evidence of a planet outside of our galaxy. Ooh. So scientists caught it transiting a star, 
which is to say go around a star like Earth goes around the sun. So from down here, we just see the brightness of that planet change in a distinct pattern that indicates star transit. But we think we might have discovered a new planet, which is very exciting. So that is the 2021 science wrap-up, just a smidgen of the scientific work that has been done this year and is still pretty dang impressive. Um, I hope everyone has a great end to their 2021 and I'll see you back in the Brain Break Room in 2022. Bye now. Bye now.